Welcome to the channel. Welcome to Boulder. Welcome to University Hill. Uh, the students, uh, I think, have left yesterday, the I think 20th was the last day. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, this is uh, Pennsylvania, and this is Broadway, and uh, this is this whole section up here is University Hill. It's kind of like a city within a city within a city. <laughs> like the university campus is like an entire city all to its own. It has its own police department, its own fire department, its own uh, trash collecting business system. It's amazing. Their own trash cuts. They have their own bus system. It's amazing. It's like a city within a city. And then up here, University Hill, this city here is like a city within Boulder. It's not part of the campus. It's part of the university. I mean, part of the city of Boulder, but it's like its own city. It's got a downtown. It's got a main street. It's got side streets. It's got suburbs. And that's University Hill. Pretty unique situation here. And I'm on Broadway at several different locations. I to move my cone there. Anyways, lots of different locations here on the Broadway. This is Highway 93. And uh, right there, right behind me there, it drops off down the hill, down into uh, the uh, old part of town. This is old too, but uh, that's kind of where the Pearl Street Mall is. And, uh, and I live uh, that way down the hill in the old part of town. And uh, I actually took the bus up here. Normally I walk up here, I'll probably walk home, but uh, uh, it's about, about a two mile walk. And, uh, but since the campus, um, I'll just cut through the campus here on down to the house. And uh, that's where I'm at. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can come up to uh, wherever you send us. It doesn't have to be here, it could be anywhere. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, we can hear, we can understand, we can perceive what you want us to do and then you give us the ability and the power uh, in the Holy Ghost and in your name the authority in your name to go do that what you want us to do so we give you all the glory for that we take no glory you get all the glory Lord you get all the glory uh, all the honor all the praise thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus amen and amen all right so uh, yeah so highway 93 is what goes on down to uh, golden is the the that's the highway I'm on, okay? Anyways, I want to do a quick uh, commercial here. Uh, this is the GEC True Study. Uh, this book here is what we're doing, not this particular book. We're in, this is the first book. We have the first book, then we have book two, book three, book four. Then next year, or you know, when all those are done, then we'll go into book five, book six, book seven, and the book eight is called The Last Book. There's the first book, and number eight is the last book. First book, last book, and then after that, we have 25 other textbooks that we'll be sending the students through over about a two-year period. And it'll teach uh, the students uh, the history of the church. Uh, it'll teach the history of the Word of God. It teach the current situation that's going on and brings people right up to date on what's going on with the Word of God. It's going to be a fascinating two years. I've already been through all those 25 books. I'm in book 24 and 25 right now, about a third of the way through number 24 and about a third of the way through number 25. I've read all the others, except for one others that I just got. So I, sometimes I've been going through the book list, the 25 books, which in this book right here, I'll tell you where it is. It's right here in uh, page, uh, let's see, where is it? It's right here, uh, page, right here, page seven has a list of all the books. The reason I put this in the book now, the very first book, uh, it kind of because it points to the third and fourth year. So what are we doing here actually? What we're doing at Gospel Evangelist Church is we're building a church school. 
We're not a bi building a Bible school. We're not building a university. We're building what the Lord calls a church school. Understand that the body of Christ is the church and the body of Christ is the family, family of God. It's the wife of Christ. So we're building that kind of body, that kind of uh, relationship with the Lord. And uh, that's what we're building, a church school. Kind of, I don't know if anybody else has ever called their uh, schooling a church school, but that's what the Lord calls it. So this is the GC True Study, and there's a dash, and it's called Church School. This here is a church school. This is the first book for our school, church school, all right? And the church school builds our open gates, or our house churches, and our house churches build the chief concourse, which is our Sunday services, that have not opened up yet, but they will open up when God deems it necessary. Right now, our church school is open. Right now, our open gates, our house churches are open. That's what it's called, GC Open Gates House Churches. They'll say that right in here. Everything I say is already in the book here. Yeah, it says right here, uh, GC True Study Church School, and then GC Open Gates, that's in the Bible, Open Gates, House Churches, then our chief concourse, and that is the church assembly. All right, and uh, it's interesting to be a part of what we're doing because over the years that go by, you're gonna see something get built that's quite unique and quite different. I hope I can make it all the way to the end. But uh, what I'm doing now is I'm detailing everything out. I'm spending a lot of my time offline, uh, at home, writing out. Uh, I've got pages and pages and pages. I'm writing out the vision, the calling, the purpose, uh, the direction, uh, what I see about the church. Because if I'm taken out of here, I want to make sure people who want to carry on, if those they don't want to carry on, that's fine, but I'm praying that the Lord brings someone that can uh, take my place. Because I'm 70 and I'm on the street, very dangerous locations, a very dangerous city, very dangerous job, right? And so, uh, now, but this is, where, this is where the Lord has me. So, uh, uh, we have our schooling, our actual live broadcasting, uh, one day, we may have a, uh, in our chief concourse, we may have a uh, classroom there, physical classroom, where people can come and we can do a class there also, but that's a long ways away. But right now, our classes are online. We're live every day, Monday through Friday, five days a week, we're live. Seven o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock in the morning, one hour, uh, Boulder time, that's Mountain Standard time. And so you have to figure out, so that'd be, you know, what's that, four? Seven here would be six on the West Coast. California time would be six. Uh, New York time uh, would be uh, six, seven, I don't know, let's see, five, six, seven, eight o'clock, all right? So you can figure it out. I don't know why I had to do that. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, all the classes are recorded, so they go online, our channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash, and it's John, my name, John, J-O-H-N, and then the last name, C-H-O, Q-U-E. You're probably here watching me right now, but that's the channel. That's where we record. That's where it's going to. Uh, here soon, uh, we'll be streaming to uh, other platforms. Uh, the stream StreamYard that we have has uh, the ability to stream to different platforms all at the same identical time. But right now, we're only streaming to YouTube because uh, that's all I can handle. <laughs> that's all I can do for right now. All right, so uh, uh, this book, you can purchase this book for $9.27. Uh, it's only the price of the book. Uh, there's no uh, charge uh, for profit. We took the profit margin off, and we're giving you the profit margin to help pay for the shipping and handling. You pay for the printing, 
we'll help you pay for the shipping and handling by not charging any profit because we could probably charge pretty easily you know 1995 1895 or some silly number you know and then take that money and put it in the church treasury but we're not doing that we're giving it away right up front and then uh, we're even doing more for you we're giving the classes away we're giving our profit margin away we're also if you uh, buy the first book come to some of the classes and uh, you know, and take a picture of you having the book. You don't have to have my fa your face in there, but I want a picture of the book. It kind of helps me uh, show accountability. And then uh, get on our email list that uh, dovetails with this book, our Sunday prayer letter, the GEC Sunday prayer letter. It goes out every Sunday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And it shows you all the scriptures and all the locations. And it's just a keep everybody in one accord type situation. And that's for all the students. That's for all the church. That's for everybody who's a part of our church. Even if you go to other churches, we have a lot of people come to our church who go to other churches, you know, but that's, that's our church. We invite everybody. We're not trying to take them from the church. We want you to help that church, help the church that you're in. Take what you have from us and go over there and maybe you can do something there with it. I mean, we're trying to build all the churches at once. That's what I'm doing on the street. That's what I'm doing with the True Study books. Not for our church, it's for everybody, it's for everybody. And we produce it, yeah, but you know, that's why I just have the letters here rather than the whole name spelt out. I was going to do the whole name. The Lord just says, and I was going to take this off. He said, no, I want that there. I said, all right. So I'm doing what the Holy Ghost wants to do. So if you uh, take a picture of that and go to some of the classes, all of them would be great. But if you attend some of them and then uh, get on our email list, uh, uh, we'll buy book number two and send it to you free of charge. We'll pay for the book. We'll pay for the shipping, we'll pay for the handling, and you'll get it free of charge. And uh, we'll do that through all eight books. You buy one, we'll buy the second, next one. You buy the next one, we'll buy the next one after that. We'll kind of hop skip through the eight books, all right? And uh, that's how we're going to do it for now, all right? And plus, all the classes are free. We don't charge for the classes. Uh, we don't ask for donations. We don't ask for money. We don't ask for any kind of charitable giving at all, any gifts. Uh, we don't even mention it other than to have you give to something. I mean, just just do something for God. That's pretty much what we do. So I uh, hope all that makes sense. I talk kind of fast because i got a lot to say, but I'm going to put this down now. All right. <laughs> Praise God. I'm excited, man. I, had a, we were, I got up at about 5.10, 5.07 this morning and uh, started praying and then Brink came over the house about 5.35, 5.40, something like that, picked me up. We went over to Boulder High School, spent the next 30, 40 minutes praying and marching around Boulder High School. He goes one direction, the Lord said to go the other direction. The first three times I went with Brent to kind of see what, how to do it, I wanted to learn. I, wanted, I didn't want to copy him. I wanted to just see what was going on and how he did it and what was going on. Because the Lord told me before the first time that I want you to go the other direction. I want you to go the westerly direction. He goes the easterly direction. He goes east and then comes west and goes around that way. But the Lord told me to go the other way. But the first three times I went with Brent to kind of see how it does. See? So that's how you do things. You watch me or you watch somebody, maybe not me, but somebody. And you see how things are going. That's what I did. And then you go off on your own with the Lord and do what the Lord tells you to do. That could be why you're here. You know, how is John preaching? How is he doing his ministry? What's going on there? So we got another mocker. I love it, man. And, uh, uh, and how he does his ministry, how he interacts. I was ministering to an older gentleman there on the bus, and he thought I was, what I was doing was great. 
He loved my idea with my cones. He thought that was really something. These are safety cones that I use, just to kind of make them more professional looking. I'm very respectful. I'm out of everybody's way. I'm not standing right in front of people. I'm kind of off to the side here. In fact, I'm not even on the sidewalk. This is kind of a little of a platform right here. And uh, I tell you what, when school is in, I, I Christmas vacation's on right now. There are students here during labs and things like that. But I tell you, this whole corner is packed. There could be 50 students standing right here. And then there's another 50 over there. So that 50 goes across, another 50 comes out there. It's like that all day long, about every 50 minutes. <laughs> because class starts and there ain't nobody out here except cars and pedestrians. And then 50 minutes later, it's a whole bunch of people all over the place for about 10, 15 minutes. And then there's nothing. It <laughs> goes like that all day long. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you can almost set your clock by it. Because this is all student housing up here. A lot of people, that's where students are. And so you get to see what I'm doing. So, well, I don't like that. I like that. I'm not sure about that. I don't really know about that. But I kind of like the way some things are going. Then the Lord takes that and puts it in your ministry, kind of adapts it for you. And then you launch out on your own. Not copying, but doing something similar. You know, if that's what the Lord wants you to do. But if you're here listening to me, that could be the case. But to be here, like I had somebody here recently, uh, I have a lot of subscribers, not a lot, but probably I'm gonna say, I don't know, half a dozen, maybe even a dozen, who uh, are followers of Satan. They worship Satan, they talk to Satan, they, they work for the devil. They have devils within them, and they've committed their life to serving evil. Now, they don't call it that, but they do. And uh, just recently, I had somebody else. So that's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you, man. You don't wanna, you know, Satan is real. He's not some imaginary mythology, uh, mystic, mystical creature. He's a real angel that God created in heaven. His name is Lucifer, L-U-C-I-F-E-R, Lucifer. And Lucifer, from the very beginning, was what was created in him was the ability to lie. The reason why, and the ability to deceive, the ability to transform, the ability to do a lot of things uh, that I don't want to go into right now, but the reason why Lucifer was created, the one and single only reason, uh, was to test the angels of God. Now, we don't know how many angels there are. There's a multitude of angels. Now, I'm going to talk about chapter 6 and chapter 7 today, and that's what we're talking about already. Talking about number six, verse one, just like I did yesterday, that I didn't get posted, but it'll get posted today. Yesterday was a real lot of problems yesterday that took me out. But I'm back again. Yesterday I got taken out, a lot of problems. I came home at 4.30, went right to bed, put my pajamas on, went to bed. I, I couldn't take it any longer. I had so much spiritual oppression, so much spiritual downpour on me. It just wiped me out. I just couldn't take it any longer but got a good night's sleep, sort of, and uh, fresh today. I mean, the Son of God is shining, S-U-N, the Son of Righteousness is shining brightly on me, right? <laughs> so anyways, going back to Lucifer. So God created Lucifer to be the one of the most beautiful cherubims, seraphims in, the, in all of heaven and the leader of the worship and the praise in heaven, all like music and stuff, all, it's really great. And uh, you can read it in the Bible. It's not, it's not me, I'm just paraphrasing the Bible. And then, uh, so his job was to test all the angels. And what kind of test was he telling them? What was he doing? He was testing them on who are you gonna serve? Who are you, now angels have a will. 
Otherwise, they couldn't have made the choice. We know they, may, they had a will, and a will means you have an ability, the mechanism within us to make choices and decisions. You know, that's why we have to receive Christ. Anyways, uh, so we test all the angels, see who you're gonna serve. We know that by what uh, Joshua did. He said, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So you have to make a choice. He told all the Israelites before you cross over the Jordan, this is Joshua before, when he took over Moses' ministry, Moses left and uh, Joshua took over. And before they crossed over, the Lord said, I want everybody to make a decision. Are they in or are they out? Are you in or are you out? Make a decision. So Joshua talked to them all, but for me and my house, we choose, we serve the Lord. And so he had everybody, and they, they all agreed, we're all together, we're in it together. We're all in together. They're one accord, and they crossed over the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. And interesting fact, once they crossed over the Jordan River into Canaan, guess what ended? The manna from heaven ended. No more manna, no more water from the rock, no more living in the wilderness. They were now in the land flowing with milk and honey. And they ate of the fruit of the land. They ate of the fruit of their work. But understand that only those that were under 20 years old went across. All those who were 20 years old and above didn't go over. Those are all the people except for two. Two. Moses didn't go over, but Joshua and Caleb went over the Jordan River. You see that? All those who crossed over were never, never ever lived in Egypt. They never, they were born in the wilderness. They were born in the wilderness. You think about this. This is the title of our sermon we're talking on. And in those days, that's the title of our sermon. And in those days, the, the scripture short for today was what days are you in? What days are you doing? What are the days that you're giving to God? Are you giving any days to God? Because in those days, understanding the seasons that we're in, you can't be ignorant to the device of Satan. And Satan can cloud your mind, can get you thinking on things that are not godly. That's why Paul said, think on these things that are lovely, that are honest and good report, you know, good things, whatever that scripture is. Look it up. I'm not here to teach you. I'm here to point you back to the Word of God. Because if I can get you into the Word of God, then you can dig for your own scriptures, dig for your own gold, and, you, and then you own it. But if I gave you all the Bible verses and gave you all the addresses and gave you everything, you would just be borrowing everything and you'd be, a lender, you'd be a servant to the lender, and I'm the lender, and I don't want to be a lender. I don't want to be a lender. And I don't want you to be a borrower. I want you to dig into the Word of God on your own. Search the Scriptures. That's what the Bereans did. That Paul would preach, I said, well, I don't know about that. So they dug into the Word of God. They dug into the Word of God, and they searched. To search is to work in the Word of God. When, you, when they're, they're in the wilderness, they had to go out of their tent with their uh, container, whatever that's called, whatever, that container, and they had to collect the manna that was on the ground. They had to collect it. They had to go to work for their food and bring it in the tent, then they can make their meals. It was the same meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, same thing all the time. How about that, for 40 years? And that's why the Israelites who came out of Egypt, the one or two million people, three, and it was all kinds of different numbers. We don't know the exact number, but, the, but there was a lot. There was a massive number. It wasn't one or two people. 
because it was 400 years living in Goshen. 400 years. You know, it started with 70 people, and then 400 years later, you can do the math. You can do the math. How many people from 70 multiplied over and over and over and over and over and over for 400 years? How many is that? That's a bunch of people. That's a bunch of people. So they all came out of Egypt, and they murmured, griped, and complained, and criticized, backbiting, pointing fingers. They were so upset. They hated everything that God was doing in their life. They had no peace. And God tried everything he could. Finally, he said, I'm going to kill them all, Moses, and I'm going to start with you. And Moses, listen to this, and Moses stood in the gap because he knew what day it was. In those days, Moses stood up and said, God, you don't want to do that. And God repented from wanting to kill them all. He says, okay, we're not going to do that. <laughs> People yelling at me. <laughs> but, the, but, but they're not going to go across the river. All right. Only those that are, those are 20 years old, old, younger, older. I'm on the street. <laughs> they make a mess. Boulder's filthy. Dirt everywhere. They won't clean it up. It'll go like this all summer long, all winter long, year after year. All this dirt and all this trash everywhere never gets cleaned up. That's why one of these days when I get on the city council or somewhere, some kind of way, I'm going to get people to see the filth and the dirt. Not talking about spiritual, I'm just about regular dirt. <laughs> Anyways, I'm on the street. I'm not out in the building. That's why I wish street I wish pastors would come to the street and preach with me. But they don't. They haven't got time. They think that's not no value. It has such great value. Because if you came out here to preach with me, Pastor, then your message in your church building on Sunday would greatly change. The passion would come. The compassion, passion, compassion would come out of you. The mercy would come out of you. The tenderness would come out of you. You'd see all the fruits of the Spirit in your life come out of you. It'd be amazing. It's amazing. Because your love would dramatically increase. If you wanted to. I know a lot of street preachers, or not know them, but I've seen them. And uh, some have become more loving than ever before because I've kind of gone back on their old videos and kind of washed them when I was trying to learn how to be a street preacher. I've never done this before. Uh, I've watched them, the old videos, and they're a little older, a little, and in current, I've seen them change. And what the biggest change I've seen is the love of God in the street preachers. But I've seen others who never change. They're just as mean old time as they are today. They hate people. They're out there doing something. I just, it blows me away how they don't have the love of God in people, the love of God in them for people. You listen to them, but others can change. I mean, it's amazing what I've seen in people. I can list off probably half a dozen that I've seen change dramatically. And I'm not watching everybody, just a few people. Uh, probably a couple dozen. God bless you, man. All right. So in those days, Acts chapter 6, in those days, right? If you know what day you're living in, then God will give you the tools to live that day. If you don't know what day you're in, then God cannot give you the tools to live that day. Because if he did, you would mess up. You know, if God gave you some kind of money to take care of the ministry and you weren't ready and thinking about the ministry, you could take that money and spend it in the world. Buy a new car. God says, I didn't tell you to buy a new car. Yeah, how about that? That's why all the money comes to our church. All goes in the church account. I don't spend a dime of it. It's all 
Every dime, every penny. Except for one person who's committed. This money is for you only, John. And if you put it in the church treasury, I'll take it back. I had to pray about that for a long, long time. In the beginning, I said, that's right. So I give it to the church. And you know what happened? I'll, this guy here in Texas. God bless you, Stephen. <laughs> the very beginning, this is about a year ago. Then the very beginning, uh, I just said, thank you. And I'll, but what do I want to do with it? Well, I'll, for myself, okay, what I want to do with it is give it to the church. Because it's all about the church for me. I'm in the last season. I don't need anything. I just want the church to grow. You know, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then after about three months, it's really amazing. He uh, wrote me an email and said, John, I was praying, and the Lord said, you're not taking the money for yourself, or something like that. I said, wow, Lord. <laughs> I felt convicted, because that's what he said. He says, because I'm learning how to, to use the money in the ministry. In those days, that's what we're talking about, in those days. And because uh, this is a summary of how the Holy Ghost moves. That's what the book of Acts is all about, how the Holy Ghost moves, okay? So, because uh, I, I told him, that I want you personally to have the money. And then you did and took and gave to the church. I want you to have that money because I want you to have some money in your pocket. So, all right. And so, uh, so I wrote him back and I said, man, Steve, I got my, you have a direct line to God. Because <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing. And I didn't tell him, I didn't tell anybody, not a soul. God knew what was going on. And so I, I said, okay, Lord, because God's teaching me how to, how to deal with money. I've never had this before. I've never, nobody's ever given me money. I remember probably 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I don't know how long it's been. Back in the early 80s, I was preaching and somebody came up to me and I said, do you mind if I donate? And they gave me $5. I said, $5? You're gonna give me $5 for preaching? Yeah, I wanna give you $5. That was the one and only time anybody gave me money. In those days, in those days. You know, it's been, you know, it's changed obviously. So I'm not used to collecting a lot of money. I mean, I, yeah, I collect money here and there, here and there, here and there. But I've always worked for my money. <laughs> Main highway here. I've always worked for my money, all right? And uh, been very independent. But when I got to Boulder, the Lord says you're not gonna be independent. Because in those days, that, that's the title. In those days, and in those days, and in those days, and in those days, things are going to change. And so when I got to Boulder here on May 3rd, 2017, the Lord said, in these days, these days that you're in Boulder, things are gonna change. No longer are you gonna be independent. No longer are you gonna stay private. No longer are you hold things to yourself. Your whole life is gonna be transparent. Your whole life is gonna be visible. Everything is gonna be open. And everything that you do now, you have to ask people and invite people into your life. I said, oh Lord. I have to get uh, people to come into my life. I tell you, that was a big deal. You may laugh right now. It kind of, sounds kind of funny right now. But I, that was scared me. That scared me. It took me a long time, probably a year and a half, from May of 17 to probably May of 19. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably two years here, living here. That's why the church didn't get started, from May 2017 to May 19. Because I didn't want anybody in my life. I just wanted to preach. I just wanted to minister like I've always done. The Lord said, no. Sorry, you're not gonna do it that way. But Lord, but Lord, but Lord. Because I didn't understand in those days, in those days. If you don't understand in those days, then you're gonna do things you wish you hadn't have done or things you wish you had done. You wish you had done those, but you didn't do them because you didn't know what days you were in. 
You have to know where you are. If you don't know where you are, you're going to mess up. You won't know where to go. So in those days. So it took me, like I said, from May 3rd all the way to May 26th, 2019, on that Sunday, 3 p.m., that I begin to understand how I needed to lift, allow people to come in my life. And the Lord had me give all my retirement savings away, all my savings accounts. I had different savings accounts, different, I mean, I'm, I'm a saver. I'm not a spender, I'm a saver. So I had tons and tons of money, in my view, tons of money. I'm not gonna tell you how much. I've told you how much before, but I'm not gonna do it now. And the Lord had me empty all the, you know, three or four different bank accounts. I, everything went to zero. April of uh, 2020, I think it's 2020. Could have been, yeah, I think it's 2020, maybe 21. I remember, I remember it was April because May was the first month of my rent uh, of my new contract with the lease that I have here. And uh, uh, the Lord had me give everything away down to zero, zero. Because God was serious. Because in those days, I had to let people come into my life. And I didn't want them in my life. I didn't want anybody. I didn't want to depend on anybody but God. But God says, that's good. Depend on me, but I'm going to put people in your life. And you have to invite them in. You have to invite them into your life. I tell you, two years, 24 months. God had to break my leg before I really got 100, understand? Because I busted my shed of my leg on my skateboard. I was out skating on Good Friday, March 26, 28, whatever it was, Good Friday in uh, 2018. Yeah, 2018, skating. And I crashed. Put me in the hospital for 30 days. 30 days. Three ambulance rides, three or four ambulance rides, uh, two or three surgeries, uh, uh, one, three hospitals. It was a mess. I was a mess. Hurt my back, hurt my elbows, hurt my wrist, paralyzed my foot, shattered my left leg, bumped my knee down. I was a mess. Just a skateboard. I skated all my life. I know how to skate. I've been skating all my life. I'm physically strong. I'm not a, out of shape. I'm good. In, I'm in shape. And I wasn't going fast. But the Lord had to get my attention. Because I didn't understand in those days. Right there. And in those days. Chapter 6. Isn't that what we're in? <laughs> Make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah, Wednesday. Oops. 7 or 8. All right, that's all right. We're on the, we're on the wrong, we're on the wrong verse. But I like I'm gonna do this anyways. In those days, verse six. That's all right. Six. Then we'll go to seven. That's all right. The Holy Spirit wanted to talk on those days, as I kept seeing that, and for some reason I kept saying, hearing the scriptures, the Lord say, the Spirit of God say, that's what I want you to talk on. But I'm actually scheduled for number seven and eight. You see that? That lets me know that I'm hearing from God. Number two, it's not about my agenda. Number three, I'm allowed the Holy Ghost to come into my life, to have full, complete control of my life. And I've allowed people to come into my life. And the Lord's providing for me. And I'm here preaching, still, after 70 years of age. How about that? In those days. In those days. The Lord got my attention. My hospital bill was $374,000. $374,000. I've always had insurance since I can 
possibly remember. I've always had good medical insurance all the way through, but in, you see that, the wreck was in March. January 1st, guess what happened? <clears throat> I said, well, I'm only a couple months away from my 65th birthday. I'm gonna cancel my insurance and save that money. I didn't know that in just a few more months that I'd have a $374,000 medical bill. How was I supposed to know that? God was gonna get my attention one way or the other. I tell you, you know, I didn't understand those days. I didn't understand what day I was in. I thought I was doing everything right, but I wasn't. God was gonna do something new in my life. That's where people mess up. When God changes and goes in a different direction and does something new, changes the season that you're in and moves you into a new season, most times people crash and they come back in the old season and they sit through the old season, never changing their whole life. And the Spirit of God is nowhere around them. But that's not me. I'm exactly in the Spirit. When the Spirit of God moved, Took me a while, but I don't, I, I seek after the Lord day and night. I seek, ask, knock continuously. And the Lord said, I'm gonna open the door, seek, you'll find, all that kind of stuff, right? I take the Word of God serious. I live in the Word of God, do you? I mean, think about it. Do you live in the Word of God or do you just read it? Most people say, well, I live in it. I mean, I read it. Do I live in it? Hmm, I don't know if I live in it. What do you mean by, see that's what they say. What do you mean by live? When people say, what do you mean by live in it? They don't really live in it. Because if they were living in the Word of God, they would know exactly what that meant. But if you don't live in the Word of God, you're gonna say, uh, what do you mean by walk in the Word or live in the Word? Yeah, that's a, that's a maturity of spirit that may have to come into your life. A lot of us, I, me too, I was working like crazy, but I didn't have that kind of maturity. I couldn't say I was living in the Word of God. I knew the Word of God. I preached the Word of God. I ministered the Word of God. But was I living the Word of God? You know, I can say, no, I, I didn't know what that meant. But I tell you now I'm living in the Word of God and have been for many, 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 many years. I know what it feels like to live in the Word of God. And what does it look like? It looks like a continual, steady stream of testimonies, constant signs, miracles, and wonders following your life, right behind you. Just like today, I stood here. Why did I? the Lord want me here at this time? If I got here at the normal time, I would have missed the gentleman that was in this red vehicle right beside me. But the Lord wanted me to talk to this gentleman that was sitting in his vehicle getting ready to go to work. He was a construction boss of some sort. Construction boss. He wanted me to talk to him. And so, and I wasn't going to. Had his windows rolled down because he was doing some work on his stuff before he put his vest on and go down to the job site there. The Lord says, I want you to go talk to him. Oh, Lord, he's busy. No, go over and talk to him. So I went over and talked to him. Yeah. That's living in the Word of God. So there's a testimony right there. A lot of us, there's a you know, sister up there in Ohio. She lives in the Word of God. She has a testimony, it seems like every day. Every day, she works full time. Works crazy hours. 
but she always has fresh testimony because she lives in the Word of God. Another gentleman, Brent, he lives in the Word of God. He's got testimony every single day. I see him. Let's, guess what happened to me, John? Guess what happened? Guess what the Lord did? Guess what the Lord did here? That's constant testimony. You talk to somebody else and go, yeah, what's your testimony? I don't have any testimony. See, they're not living in the Word of God. If they're not living in the Word of God, that means they have no testimony. And what does that tell you? They're living in the world. They're living in the world. Now just heads up, a lot of people hate the way I talk because it convicts them of loving the world rather than loving God with all your life, with all your body, with all your spirit, with all your mind, with everything that's about you, all your money, all your business, all your schooling, all your family. What did Jesus say? Who are my mothers and brothers and sisters? These are my mothers and brothers and sisters. Something like that. Those who believe on me. Because somebody came up and says, your mother and your brother are outside. Jesus was inside preaching. He didn't just get down and go out there. Yes, mom, what do you want? So that would have told everybody that his mom was the most important thing in, in the world. And that's what the Catholic Church did. They said, okay, well, Jesus didn't do it. We're going to do it. We're going to exalt Mary all the way up and make her a goddess that you have to pray to her. But Jesus said, who is my mother, my brother, my sister? These who believe on me. You can do whatever you want, man. I don't care. Most Christians hold on to everything. I thank God that the Lord brought me until these days that I'm living now. Yeah, it took me a while to learn how to do it. No question about it. Why did God want me on that bus? Because the Lord wanted me to talk to that gentleman. Why? I don't know. That could, he looked like he was about 85 years old. That, today, this week could be, this Christmas could be his last Christmas. Very nice man. Very cordial, very polite. Looks like he's got some money. Looks like he's had a pretty good financial life. Probably had a great career. The home where we picked him up, that was, all those homes are very multi-million dollar homes. That's where he got on the bus at. Very nicely dressed, but probably mid-80s. Maybe he's 86, 87. This could be his last Christmas. Could be the last time he sees me. But I witnessed to him about the love of God. He sat directly, he could, the whole bus was empty. There was only one other person besides me. He got in, sat directly in front of me, two feet away. And he looked straight at me and we had a chance to talk for the bus ride. Now, how did I get on that bus? Because I pray. And if you watch the class we did this morning, this morning is, this is Wednesday right now, uh, Wednesday the 20th, December 20th. In Wednesday the 20th class, I talked the whole time what the Holy Ghost wanted me to talk on, and that is prayer. If I hadn't have been praying, I couldn't have canceled my coffee house appointment and been ready for the bus. Because the Lord says, I want you on that 1025 bus. Yes, sir. I got there, two minutes later, that 1025 bus shows up, I get on the bus. A few moments later, the other guy gets on. Divine appointment. How does that work? Because I live in the Word of God, because I understand in those days. That's where I'm at. And so when you get around me, you could say, well, just stop trying to judge me and try to corral me, and try to put a box around me, or try to figure me out. Don't do any of that. Just listen with God about what God wants you to do. 
That's what I'm trying to do, get you to listen to God, to read about God, to talk to God. That's what I want you to do. I'm nobody. I'm just like you. I'm just another guy out on the street, out in the body of Christ, out here on the field working like everybody else in the hot sun. <laughs> Wintertime. <laughs> hot sun, the Satan. <laughs> the fake, the fake sun. <laughs> I'm just like you, man. You know? Maybe you're not 70 years old. Maybe you're 20 years old. Maybe you are 70 years old. You know, I was getting ready to walk out the door and I was praying. I'm always praying. I pray without ceasing. I'm always praying. A lot of people don't realize how you can do that. But I'm praying. As I'm getting dressed, I'm praying to God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to do this. I'm praying. I'm talking to God while I'm getting dressed. I'm not daydreaming. I'm praying and talking to God. And I said, Lord, I know that I have an unusual opportunity. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say. I said, I said Lord, I, I, I praise God that I'm in a, an unusual sense. I was thinking about this in those days. And in the days that I'm living, Lord, I have time to do this. And, you know, there's a lot of people who don't have the time, but I have the time. And then immediately I heard the Lord say, yeah, but there's a lot of people who have time that aren't doing what you're doing. And I've called them all, but they're not doing what you're doing. Oh, boy, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I almost broke down and started crying there because I know that God was telling me the truth. There is a multitude of people who are retired, who are financially good enough, but they're not doing anything like I'm doing with my time. I serve the Lord seven days a week, seven days a week, seven days a week. I retired April 26th or 22nd, Saturday, April 22nd, 2017, and I started serving the Lord full time on that day. Well, no, not that day. That was a Saturday, probably on Sunday morning. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., that's when it was. I remember that very vividly because April 23rd, Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I had just finished the True Study book. I've been in that for 20 years since Trade Towers came down. I didn't call it the True Study book, but that's what I was doing. It was on my legal pad. I have my coffee, my Bible. I do what I tell you. I'm not just making these things up. I live the way I talk. I talk the way I live, all right? And uh, I finished my prayer, I finished my coffee. I got up, I said, well, it's time to get ready to go. I picked up my chair that I was sitting in, my home in Redding, California, and I put the chair in the middle of the living room. And I didn't do anything to get ready to come to Boulder. Did not a thing. I've known that since July. Here is, you know, July, August, October, March, like eight or nine months. And I didn't do one single thing on getting ready. Because the Lord said, don't, just keep living. Don't get ready to go to Boulder. Just keep living, keep doing what you're doing. That's her, all right. Didn't do one single thing, not one thing. I didn't, nothing. It was as if I was getting up to go to work that morning, but I just retired the day before, 12 noon on Saturday. When I picked that chair up, let me go back just a few moments. Before I picked that chair up, I was living in these days. I was living in a certain set of days, right? This is how suddenly your season can change. Now you can recognize it or not recognize it. But most people are clicked off the channel. I just heard the Lord say, most have clicked off the channel already. How sad. But those few that are still here, they're getting some nuggets. They're getting some things from the Lord that God's talking to their heart. God's speaking to their spirit. I know that. 
I know that. I know that. Because God's speaking to my spirit. Right now. Man, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. But at 10 o'clock in the morning, April 23rd, 2017, I got up from that chair. I picked my chair up and I put it in the middle of the room. When I sat that chair down in the middle of the room, something changed instantly because I felt the change. Something came down and put around me like somebody just tossed a blanket out the window and that blanket came down and laid all around me. I felt the weight of this blanket type thing. I didn't, I didn't, I felt it, but I didn't know what it was. And it filled the whole house. Not just me, but the whole house. And that blanket, later on, it probably took me a month or so to figure out what that was. And that was a gift of faith. A gift of faith came down. The Holy Ghost let that blanket of the gift of faith to settle around me. And I had miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle for weeks and weeks and weeks. Until, until see, that was April... That was uh, mid-April, end of April. It was probably towards the end of May, probably about four weeks of non-stop miracles. Unexplainable miracles. There was no way, none of the, nothing would have happened. But God knew how to put me into a new season. A new season. Then when I got to Boulder on Wednesday, 9 o'clock, exactly when God told me, I want you to be there at 9 o'clock sharp. And I was in Boulder at the city limits, exactly where God wanted me, at 9 o'clock sharp. Why? Why did God want me there at exactly 9 o'clock? Because of another miracle that He was preparing for me. It was amazing. Amazing. I was living in the Word of God. Then that Wednesday evening, no, it was Thursday, no, it was Friday. That Friday, that would have been, uh, see, 3, 4, that was May 5th. That morning, I woke up. Lord says, tomorrow, which would have been Saturday, tomorrow I want you to take as a Sabbath rest unto me. I said, Lord, did I, first time I've ever in my entire life ever heard the Lord speak about a Sabbath to me. Never in my life. So I want you, he repeated himself because I didn't, I thought, are you sure? I mean, am I hearing you right? I want you to set tomorrow, Saturday, aside as a Sabbath rest unto me. It's been the whole day in me. It's been the whole day with me. I said, yes, sir. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I thought Paul said there's no special days, no Sabbath anymore. Yeah, but when I want somebody to do something, that's what I want them to do. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and so that was my first time I celebrated the Sabbath. But the way the Lord wanted me to, not some Hebrew holiday. I'm not Hebrew, I'm not Jewish, I'm American, you know, firstborn American, French, Belgium. Anyways, on those days, see, I'm operating completely different in those days. So I'm giving you example after example. I'm not going to give you all the miracles. It would take me days and days and days and days to tell you all the miracles that happened. But think about this. Think about what Mark 16, 15 says. I don't have to read I already know it. It says, they went out. Let's oh, just read it. Okay, I need to read it. <laughs> Lord says, I want you to go read it. So I know what it is. No, I want you to read it. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> See, my spirit is talking to me and my spirit is praying. I can hear my spirit moving inside of me while my mouth is moving. How's that work? I don't know. It just does, I guess. I don't know how it works. 
All right, so Mark 16, we go on down here. Verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, the Lord spoke to me. After the Lord had spoken unto them. <laughs> That's just not words on paper. That was words in my life. After the Lord had spoken to me. John, or you, I mean, we all, God speaks to everybody. After the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. Right? I think that's kind of cool, right? We have resurrection power. And sat on the right hand of God. Right? Verse 20, here's the, here's the verse. And they went forth. They, John went forth on that Sunday that I'm referring to, the day after he retired. John went forth. Guess what? John went forth and preached everywhere. I was preaching to everybody because I had miracle after miracle. I was giving testimonies every day several times during the day. It was amazing. Everybody I talked to said, guess what happened today? Guess what happened today? This is what the Lord did. This is what the Lord did. I tell you, I didn't have any tracks in me at that time. I wasn't really doing tracks at that time again because I went in and out of tracks, gospel tracks. But I was a big mouth for the Lord. And I was testifying. I was doing exactly this right here. And they went forth and preached everywhere. John went forth and preached everywhere. Everywhere. Day after day and all throughout the day. It was amazing. Because I had something to preach on. I had the testimonies of Jesus Christ. I had, I had the mighty works of God, the wonderful works of God. I had to tell everybody about what was going on. Did I keep that a secret? No way. So that seed went out. Guess what? I had immediate harvest. God increased the miracle. Then I gave out more miracle testimonies. Then God said, oh, okay, I'll give them some more. God gives seed to the sower. I kept sowing these miracle testimonies. And God kept giving me more miracle testimonies. Amazing. If you want a miracle, sow a miracle. I mean, it's just as simple as can be. If you're waiting around for God to do something, you're going to wait till the day you die. God has already done everything. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Yeah, so everything you need has already been provided. Sorry I'm yelling, it's really noisy out here, just the way it is, right? So they went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them. Lord working with them. The Lord working with them. Who's the Lord? Is that Satan? Satan has called him Lord. No, it's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Right? That's who I serve. That's who I serve. I don't serve Satan. Are you kidding me? That's what somebody accused me of yesterday, down at 28th and Rappel. That, that was a horrible day. That was a rough day. That was an easy day today, man. That was a rough day yesterday. Man, that was hard. It took me out, man. It wore me out. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. That's what I've had even to this day. That was 2017. I've had miracles following me every day since that day. And why? Because I'm in those days, right here. I'm in those days. I know what day I'm in. Do many people know what day? No, people don't know what they're in. That's all right. I didn't know what day I was in, obviously. <laughs> if I would have known what day I was in, I probably would have done something different. I probably wouldn't have broke my leg. Because in those first two years, I didn't, didn't know what day I was in. Going back to that story. So remember I told you that I ended the insurance January 1st? God paid the bill. I had a nurse that came in and said, boy, we gotta start praying. Thank God, God sent me a nurse that was a Christian, several Christians, but this one particular nurse who took care of the finances at the hospital, Foothills Hospital. Uh, she said, uh, I'm gonna, let's pray. Cause I, 
I'm telling my testimony. Everywhere I go, I'm telling about miracles. Miracles. I'm always about telling God, telling people about God's miracles. Okay? So I'm telling her about all these miracles. She says, man, we've got to start praying. Uh, we've got to figure out a way to get this bail, bill paid. Because uh, I had no way to pay it. And uh, I had a little bit left in my retirement account and my savings and my checking. And, uh, well, not a little bit. Yeah, you know, twenty or 30000 left. And uh, a little bit. <laughs> and uh, they would have took every dime of that. And uh, so I told her exactly what I had. I told her what was going on. We prayed day after day after day after day, probably for about two weeks. No, uh, two, that's 14 days. Probably seven to 10 days. We prayed every day. Then one day, I was in the house. When I was laying in bed, uh, she walks in with a big smile on her face. Guess what God just did? I think that's what she said. Guess what God just did? <laughs> she raised her hand. Guess what God just did? <laughs> I said, oh, praise God. I started crying. I bawled and cried and cried and cried because I didn't know what to do. I mean, how are you going to pay a $374,000 bill? It would have taken every dime I had. It would have taken me out. I would have got depressed. I would have got, you know, I might have quit the ministry. I might have given up. I don't know. I don't know. Satan might have got it. I don't know. I don't know. How do I know the future? I don't know the future. I'm nobody. I'm not God. <laughs> and she says, we got to take care of it. We found this, and we found that, we found this, and this, and that. And she put all that together. I tell you, I don't know how it happened, but every dime was paid. Every dime was paid. In fact, I'll tell you the rest of the story. I think when I got there, I had to pay like, uh, I think I had to pay like $50, something like that. So I gave him $50, and I don't know how, must have given my credit card or something, 50, my, you know, my card. $50, I think it was 50, could have been 150. Anyways, I think it was $50. And then, uh, I didn't finish the story on the class about asking God for $50 to give to the poor. Well, what happened was that uh, the Lord said, have you gone to your mailbox? There's a whole story, but I'm just gonna give you this one little section of the story. Uh, have you gone to your mailbox? And I said, no, you bet, yeah, check your mail. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy things, right? God's a cool guy. <laughs> so I went and checked my mailbox, and there was an envelope, one envelope in the mailbox. I opened it, and it was in the hospital. I got, oh man, a bill. That's what it looked like, a bill. And it was like two, a year, 18 months after I left the hospital. Yeah, 18 months, I think it was 18 months. Long time. And, uh, uh, and, I, and I said, oh, Bill, 18 months old. I mean, it was freshly marked, postmarked, but I thought, man, it's been 18 months of sending me a bill. That's what I was thinking. And so I opened it up. <laughs> Get this. <laughs> I think it was a check for $66. I think it was $66 or $16. It was a check that was about equal to what I gave 18 months earlier when I went to the hospital. And that was a part of the $50 I was praying for. And that check with some other miracles that God had did for me, gave me $51 rather than 50. Gave me one extra dollar. <laughs> I thought that was cool. And uh, it was a check. And that ended up being, I didn't, I actually, they actually paid me to go to the hospital. That's what that check equaled, them actually paying me to go to the hospital. So. 
all $374 is taken care of, and the check was more than, I think, if I remember right, I might be wrong, but I think it was more than what my uh, deposit was, that $50 deposit, or $35, whatever it was. I can't remember now. But it's some kind of money I had to pay for me to go any further. They wanted some kind of money. Later on, that nurse said, you didn't have to pay that, but I didn't know. I paid it anyways, because I want to be a good steward. I want to be a good example. I'm not going to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm not going to do what Satan does. Anyways, a lot of stories there, but I'm trying to tell you what in those days are. You should have testimonies all the time. If you're living in those days, if you're not, you won't have a testimony. And if you don't have a testimony for today, December 20th, by the time the day is over, if you have not testimony, if you heard this sermon, you probably won't hear this till tomorrow. It'll be Thursday when you hear this. So Thursday, when you're listening to this, you ought to have a testimony that day so that on Thursday night, Friday morning, you can tell people, guess what God did yesterday? Guess what God did? And if you don't have a testimony, that'll be a good clue, a good indicator, a good frame of thinking, a good uh, unction, a good <laughs> push to get you to start praying to God like I talked about in class. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for this sermon. I thank you that in those days, we're going to serve you all the days of our life. In your heavenly name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right. So uh, I'm going to let these guys go by and then we'll sign off. So remember, in those days, that's what we're talking about. In those days, right? Get that in your mind. In And in those days, that's the title. And in those days. Isn't that cool? That's the seed I want you to sow. And in those days. And in those days. Yeah. So that seed, how do you sow it? You meditate on it. You ponder it. You look through the Bible. You begin, you know, rightly dividing the Word of God. Letting God plant that seed deep in the good ground of your spirit. All right? I love you. Take care. Bye-bye.